from Summer Skate Studios, this is College Hockey West Live. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live for April 17th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest, Colorado College Head Coach Chris Mayock. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com, whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Three locations in Arizona, seven in Colorado, and four in Missouri. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Buy Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive, and always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether original red or our new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next stay at druryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West, live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans as it may be. This is the first official College Hockey West live, as we have changed our name just slightly to reflect the fact that uh, we've grown by three teams and uh, we love being in the West, not just the Southwest. So welcome into College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Centennial, Colorado. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein, joining me from about 10 feet below sea level on Long Island, New York. Paul, can you top 70 degrees in sunshine? No. <laughs> no, that was, that was a no with a gasp. What did you do? Run into the office? <laughs> no, I got it timed just perfectly. <laughs> I so got you don't have timed. to hear yourself. Yeah, unbelievable. Just perfectly. Unbelievable. Well, welcome into College Hockey West. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, fine. I, you know, go for it. I mean. That's what we are. <laughs> That's exactly what we are. For those for those that are listening and don't know, we have added Alaska Anchorage, Alaska Fairbanks, and Lindenwood to join our uh, 
our foursome that we had before of Arizona State, uh, Air Force, oh. Colorado College, and Denver. Well, listen, so, so welcome well, in to three more not, teams. Not for nothing, but um, there are, what, 62, 63? I don't know. We lost track. Uh, keeps bouncing around. Yeah, they come and go. Let's go with 63. Um, okay. Well, 57 of those 63 are all west to me. So. <laughs> Good one. Nice one. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we established out here in the western part of the U.S., west of the Mississippi, and we are very pleased to have the group of teams that we have. Um, tonight, we're starting off what uh, what I do every year. And uh, Paul's joined in the last three years, four years, whatever it's been. But I like to recap the season with the coaches. I like to give them the entire show to talk about their program, where they've been, where they're headed, and all of the uh, highs and lows of the season, if you will. Um, So let's not mess around. Let's just bring on the head coach from Colorado College. Let's bring on Chris Mayotte and uh, let the coach tell us about Tiger hockey because um, it's fitting that we would have him on on Easter Sunday, and we do thank him definitely for for doing that. But uh, the fact that uh, this is a uh, a resurrection day, and is there a bigger resurrection and going forward than the Colorado College Tigers? Coach Mayotte, Scott, and uh, Paul with you tonight. How are you? And thank you for coming on on an Easter Sunday. Of course. Happy Easter uh, to you guys and everyone else out there listening. Um, It's... uh, it's a beautiful day, like you said, 70 blue skies. Um, it's a different Easter than anything I've had before, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Plus on top, I, I, got a, I got a 10-year-old uh, at the same time. So that, or a 10-day-old, <laughs> sorry, 10-day-old. A 10-day-old, so, oh, well, congratulations, yeah. Coach. Yeah, congratulations. We didn't so very, anything. very different. Yeah, we didn't want to say anything because we weren't sure. If, yes. Uh, so, so how is life in the Mayotte household in the first 10 days? Um, thank God for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we all say that coach. We all say that. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, thank God for her. Um, no, but it's been great. Uh, mother-in-law is out here. Um, you know, my mom will be coming out here shortly after, uh, she leaves. We're fortunate. We have great fear, even though we've only been here a short amount of time, you know, we're for, um, healthy mom, healthy baby. So, um, and like I said, she's been she's been an all star, so made my life uh, fairly easy to this point. Fantastic. Well, um, well, ten days. If we go back ten days, that's pretty darn close to a, a final uh, Frozen Four championship. So um, I, I'm sure you had your eyes on that, and I'm sure uh, are you headed to Florida this week for the coaches summit or? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't think that was a smart choice for, uh, for my marriage. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, that's not. That's a really smart choice because those locks would have been changed. I that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so I, I like I was telling telling uh, everybody in the open, this is uh, the thing that you're the first one this year and the first time you've been able to do this with us. But we like to recap the season when everything's said and done and just kind of you've had time to reflect now a little bit and uh, – You've had your uh, banquet and all of that good stuff. So, um, where do you want to start talking about Tiger hockey in uh, in twenty one twenty two? Well, I you know I I think it's a continuation of what we've talked a lot about on this show. Um, even throughout it, it felt like 
you know, we were building something that we had guys buying in. Um, you know, we had a lot of good uh, performances. You know, we, we all we're all in this business to win. And so we're not going to sit here and fool ourselves and, and pat ourselves on the back by any means. We understand, you know, the challenges and the hurdles that we still have to overcome and in the amount of work that it's going to take to get there. Um, you know, but looking back and reflecting on the growth of the program, the growth of the team, the players in the locker room, um, you know, the momentum we've been able to uh, create on the recruiting trail, uh, the individual uh, efforts. And, and again, you know, it, it's not like we're sitting here saying that we've had we had all Americans and um, and we had guys leading the country in scoring or, or anything like that. But and, and, you know, quite honestly, you look at you look at Hunter McCown and you look at 21 points it really doesn't jump out. It's not like you're sitting there saying, oh my goodness, look at the firepower they have. Um, but I think when you take into consideration, you know, the fact that we had a staff take over, um, you know, we had three guys leave early, whether it is two to the portal, one signed an NHL contract. Um, you know, the way recruiting's going is it's, it's not easy to, to recruit right away and make immediate impact. Um, you know, guys are committed two, three, four years away. Uh, and so it's, sometimes it's hard to, to make immediate impact. And we were happy with what we were able to add, whether it was, you know, we added Danny Waite from the transfer portal who went from two points to 12 points. Noah Prokop from the transfer portal who I think ended up, you know, um, a really good third line, the, the line of him, Tommy Middleton and Patrick Kazi were really very consistent and found ways to be impactful. Um, Stanley Cooley, you know, who I think the last game of the year at, at North Dakota played 20 plus minutes uh, as a freshman and in quote unquote, a first line center. Um, you know, he had 18 points this year in 36 games. He had 19 points in 47 games in the USHL last year. So he averaged more points per game this year in the NCHC than he did in the USHL. And, and we had a bunch of that up and down the lineup. And so I think, you know, when you look from the outside, again, I don't think you're going to see on paper anything that gets you really excited. Um, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. And, and it couldn't be more opposite than what we feel in our locker room, what we feel in our program, um, and kind of the, the, the momentum that we believe we've been able to build throughout the year. Coach, I said it to Scott uh, after the, 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 the conference tournament that I thought the last three or four games you guys played um, were probably uh, the best, one of the best stretches you had all season. Um, before we get into that, just from a, from a personal standpoint, how, you know, as somebody who's done, obviously not at your level, um, been both an assistant coach and a head coach it's a different feeling regardless of the level how long did it take you to get comfortable in that role as the head coach uh, especially since you were there like two or three months before you really got a chance to get on the ice with the players yeah you know it, it takes a lot uh quite honestly uh you know, and because I think if you're a good assistant and, and there are a lot out there and, and quite honestly, I'm not, I'm not saying I was, but, um, but you're always on, you know, and you sit there and you, you, I think the guys that do a really good job that you see rise in the ranks and, and, you know, create careers for themselves, you're always turned on it, but you know, it's, your focuses are 
my coaching position, what I have to do as a coach, you know, whether it's D, goalies, penalty kill, power play, forwards, whatever it is, and recruiting. And, you know, you have two big jobs that really take on all of it. Now, you, you, you certainly help everywhere. And, and I was fortunate with that where Nate Lee Providence asked for our help in every part of the program, you know, whether it was fundraising, just decisions and conversations we would have. But you never turn it off. Um, and it, and it drives you and it keeps you awake and it does all those things. And so, you know, I don't think I felt like it was a big jump in that way. It's just the amount of things you have to manage, the amount of decisions you have to make, um, really is, you know, quadruples, tenfolds, whatever you want to say, it becomes everything. And, and so juggling that and, and still being present and still doing what you want to do as a coach, the type of identity, the type of culture you want to build, you know, the type of detail you want to coach with and play with and, and present. And, and, and then on top of it, learn and, you know, keep up with the newest trends, the NHL, everything that's going on. So it, you know, the coaching part isn't, isn't much different. It, it's, it's what we've done. Um, but learning how to manage that with everything else that that you're asked to do, and and I will say I, I'm I'm fortunate. Uh, you know, Colorado College, our our athletic director Leslie Irvine is absolutely fantastic. She has an unbelievable vision. Our administration and our leadership here at CC is it made the job as easy as it possibly could be. Um, you know, if there was anything throughout the year that we asked for, um, you know, we got it. And if there was anything that we needed, they were there for us. Uh, and so in that way, it was very easy, but I think, you know, just learning how to manage all that and everything that's new and, and, you know, the beginning of the season was very new. Once hockey started, it felt normal again. And then as soon as the season ends, it's new again, um, whether it's, you know, the banquet or a golf tournament or, you know, exit meetings, all of a sudden, those are the seats that I really haven't sat in before. So it's new, you know, it's another new part of the job. And I think as you do it longer and longer, it becomes, you know, more, more comfortable and, and, uh, and kind of just what you do. But, uh, in terms of, you know, the day-to-day coaching, um, you know, it feels a little different because I think you feel as a head coach, more responsibility, every decision, you know, that, that is made for the program you ultimately sign off on. So, you know, being comfortable with that and, and handling, um, I don't want to call it pressure, but that type of responsibility um, takes a little bit. You know, you think, you call guys that you trust, you, you know, you try and make the best decisions, you know, whether they're big or small. Um, you know, I had something come up the other day that literally was, hey, you know, should we do this with our players? And I didn't know what to think. You know, part of me was like, I don't think that's right. Part of it was, yeah, I see how that works. And, and I, you know, I had to call some guys who I trust in the business and talk it out with them a little bit and, and then come back and make a decision. So, um, you know, I, I still think even as I get to 5, 10, 15 years, you're still going to talk to people in the business and rely on people and ask the questions that you, of the people you trust. Um, but hopefully those won't... Um, they won't be as nerve wracking uh, as decisions as, as they as they were this year. This year, every decision you make, you you wonder if that's the, you know, if your program rides on it or not. So uh, it was a lot of fun in that way. Um, it was uh, it was rewarding in that way because I I do think a lot of what we had as a vision as a staff coming into this year and a lot of what we executed, we felt 
played out kind of how we had hoped. Um, and, you know, it allowed us to take big steps forward. Yeah, Coach, that's well said. Um, one of the things uh, that I was kind of grinning about the other day was uh, your uh, most valuable player and captain, Brian Yoon, is coming back. Uh, how excited are you to have Brian back? It's uh, it's a big deal. Um, it, it really is. And I think, again, you look at just, you know, 12 months ago where we had guys fleeing from the program almost. Um, you know, now we have Brian Yoon who could have gone anywhere in the country to play his fifth year, uh, you know, with someone who could step in as a top four anywhere in the country for his fifth year, uh, decide to come back. And, and, and so I think... Obviously, we're thrilled to have him as a player and we're thrilled for his future. You know, a lot of what we thought happened this year was that he kind of rebuilt foundation. If you look at what he did his freshman year, obviously, he was all rookie team, had a phenomenal year. And then it kind of um, his production declined his his next two years. And this year we thought we got him back to that where he could play 23, 24 minutes a night, be relied on defensively, you know, run a power play, do those things. And so great foundation, uh, great leader. And to have him come back and, um, and want to continue to be a part of this uh, is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for our program. It says a lot about, you know, the type of guy you have in the locker room um, and the belief that we were able to build throughout the year. And, and, you know, you guys, we've talked about this a lot, just building the belief that uh, that we belong and, and not only belong that, you know, we can, we can beat anybody in the country. And I don't think Brian would be coming back if, if that wasn't, uh, if that wasn't how our locker room felt. Well, as you went through these end of season routines, um, I know you, you, you wanted a different result in those last, especially those last two games at North Dakota, but how much of a springboard, is that going to be, um, even already, as we know that the players take a couple of weeks off after the season's over, but there really is no off season for these guys, right? No, there isn't. Uh, and we took one week off. Um, you know, we, we took a week off, let the guys regroup a little bit. And then for us, it was, we had to be right back to it. Um, because, it, you know, the, the, there's five teams in our conference that made the NCAA tournament, right? And so, they were still having those a lot of growth in that, even in that week where it's the high leverage situations or they're going to St. Paul and playing in the, you know, the final, the frozen uh, face off. So, you know, five teams in our conference continued to develop, continued to grow. And so we had to make sure that we were keeping up. Uh, and so the only way that we could really do it was in the weight room. So we took a week off and got right back in the room. And I, and I think, you know, if you walk in our weight room right now, you can see that um, there is a belief, you know, that they believe that they're building towards being successful. And, um, you know, we don't take a lot out of losses. Uh, you know, again, we're not patting ourselves on the back. But I think, you know, when our guys look around the league and see what some other programs are losing um, and seeing what we're keeping and what we're bringing in in a recruiting class, I, I think there's a lot of excitement about uh, the potential for next year. And, like we we've talked about it, you know, really in the weight room right now, the start of next year, more than the end of this past year. Uh, you know, when you lose to North Dakota on Saturday, that's the end of the season. Now it's about, you know, 22, 23. So uh, and you feel you feel that type of 
energy uh, in our building on when the guys are in the weight room. Coach, does it feel um, a bit more normal now uh, with COVID a little bit more behind us? I know it's not completely gone and, and uh, maybe there's still some protocols out there, but does it start to feel a little bit normal, like a normal college hockey season? It does. And I think that's what's ahead of us. I think, you know, our conference um, did a phenomenal job this year of, of making it as close to that as possible. Uh, you know, the, the buildings were different, uh, whether you had to wear masks or the concessions or whatever it was in terms of the fan experience. Um, but fortunately, you know, you give credit to the administrations around the conference, the training staffs, the medical staffs around the conference. Um, it went off pretty dang well. Uh, you know, we all obviously, well, most of us had to miss a weekend, but they were, they were made up. Um, and so for me, I, I, I've been fortunate. You know, the, the Big Ten two years ago kind of found a way to, to go as normal as possible. And then this year it felt, uh, you know, it was stressful at times, wondering if it was going to be, uh, if we were going to move forward, if we were going to play. Um, you know, and not that we ever thought the season was in jeopardy, but just weekend to weekend. But, you know, again, credit to, to all the medical people, all the administration um, on getting this thing off as, as smoothly as possible and, and ending in obviously a, a great tournament, uh, a great playoff and another great year for the NCHC. So uh, moving forward, it, it feels like this is going to be in the rearview mirror, but, you know, you never know. We will we'll plan for the for the worst and hope for the best. So now that everybody has a year, how much faster the, will it allow you to get into? Because you're not really starting from scratch again, right? I mean, when you when you come into the season next year, when you're allowed to get these guys back on the ice, how much further ahead will you be than you were a year ago? It'll be huge. Um, you know, I think we'll be significantly farther than we were even the little things i remember talking to all the players over the summer you know you make your phone calls you try and build you try and talk you try and uh, get to know them as best you can uh, even though they weren't around and i remember talking about what their off season you know was like what their training programs were like what they were working on um and not really knowing whether you know in our opinion one, what we really wanted from them and what was going to be expected of them. And, and two, really what was best for that player. And, you know, whether it was they need to put on weight, they need to cut weight, they need to add, add explosion, they need to get more endurance, um, all of those things. And so essentially when, when we got here in our first practice, I mean, it was like having 28 freshmen. You know, it's, it's – and not quite in terms of their experience, but where they go on the lineup, what they can handle, what they can't handle, what type of experience they bring, all those things. And so, you know, even in that, it took us a while to get used to. I look back at some of the line combinations we, we put together in the first, you know, week or two of practices. And not that you shake your head, but, um, you know, because I know what the thought process was, but it, it just shows how little we knew um, and then it juggles, right? Because you you don't know, do I have this guy in the wrong spot or did he just have an off week, you know? Uh, so so all of that, you know, plays in. And you look at the, our first half of the year and kind of the slow start. I think that's all 
wrapped in there, um, you know, in them trying to get to know us. But now, you know, we take steps forward. Now we'll add new guys to the mix. And, and again, it's you have your vision of where they are and what they can do and what they can accomplish right away. Maybe that's not going to be the case. So we'll have a little bit of movement, a little bit of uncertainty, you know, in those first couple of days, but not nearly as much as, as what there was. And now I think when our guys are in the weight room, when we're training, when we're visualizing, when we're having our individual meetings, you know, we're, we're speaking through the same lens. Um, we're not trying to find each other anymore. Uh, they know exactly why they're doing this workout. They know exactly why this is what they're trying to accomplish in the summer. And because they, they, now we all have the same vision. It's not just the vision in, in my head that I'm trying to explain to everybody. We've had the year go through it together. Now, now we come back and we're on the same page. And, and not, like I said, I think we built a, a really, really strong foundation. Um, and I'm excited to see how, how much, uh, now how quick, how highly we can springboard. Okay, before we springboard forward, uh, let's talk a few uh, about a few of the players that uh, got awards. I saw Hunter McCown was your best forward award, and uh, I think that speaks for itself, the way he played. Um, your junior defenseman, uh, Sasaki, is that how you say Chad's name? Yes. Okay, uh, a 3.58 cumulative GPA at Colorado College. That's saying something. And uh Brian Hawkinson winning the Scott Winkler Award. So if you can talk about just those three, and then we'll, we'll, we've got to get to Stanley Cooley too, but just those three uh, for the moment, um, what do they mean to your program? Well, first, you know, we'll talk about Chad, and, and he doesn't have the highest GPA. Um, you know, our team cumulative GPA is a 356. Um, and so he's a 358. He's, he's barely above. I mean, we have some 395 students. Um, so we have a, an incredibly uh, committed uh, team in terms of their academics and, and how well they perform. But Chad was voted by his team. Uh, I think it was between him and Jake Begley in terms of who is the who is the top student athlete. Uh, but Chad is a, I think a, I believe a biochem major. Um, and so my understanding, he's got the hardest curriculum basically that our that our school has to offer and and he performs at an extremely high level and you know as you can imagine he brings that type of focus that type of intentionality to everything that he does whether it's in the weight room you know you don't watch him take a rep off or you don't see him do a poor rep i mean it is detailed it is precise um like he's been thinking about it for for hours uh and then this, he brings the same thing to the locker room and, and on the ice in practice he didn't get a ton of game time but i can tell you he makes guys better um just in the way he prepares the way he he performs the way he commits himself to wherever he is he has the ability to be be very intentional and be present in those moments so um he he's a great uh great example of you know, preparation and, and how it leads to, um, to a very detailed performance. Um, Brian Hawkinson, you know, was, was incredible for us this year. I think, you know, in his first three years of college hockey combined, he had five goals, scored five goals for us this year. Um, and was an incredible leader in terms of, uh, he really was the guy that could set the tone every single day, whether it's the weight room, the practice, the play, um, you know, he battled through a ton of injury. Uh, he was the guy that kind of kept everything together. And, and, you know, he was a great connection from the coaching staff to the, to the players, to the locker room. 
you know, he, he has a unique experience where he played four years of college hockey and had four different head coaches. Uh, so he had four, Rico. four different rinks too. I understand. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he, I think the, the, at Miami, I think they were in the, the one all the same, um, okay. but certainly three rinks. And so, you know, his experience and his ability to, to kind of, um, be very matter of fact in, in what we are trying to accomplish and, and keeping everything together. And that guy that, you know, the people just wanted to rally around because he uh, probably for the last two, three months, his, his shoulders were being, you know, basically held on by, by uh, duct tape. Um, and so it was, he just had that, that ability to, to get guys to buy into him because of how he performed and everything they battled through. And then Hunter, you know, took huge strides throughout the year. Obviously, was a was a big time goal scorer for us down the stretch. Uh, learned how to really impact a game. Um, you know, not just be a skilled guy that uh, that had parts of you know that could show flashes, but really be consistent um, and really thrive and and you know under the spotlight. And and we would ask him to, you know, to to be the man and and to lead. Um, and, and we thought he did a great job with that. His, uh, you know, he's got a great skill set, a, a great package at 6'2", and, and can absolutely rip a puck. Uh, but I thought he just became such a more well-rounded, consistent, reliable player um, that it, it allowed us to continue to give him more opportunity. And then, you know, once the guys with that much skill earn that type of opportunity, it, the production usually goes because they're, they're just in those spots more, more often. Coach, when, 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 especially when the awards are voted on by the team, okay, and you see those kind of guys winning uh, those awards, does that put a, it has to put a smile on your face because, um, you know, people from the outside, they just look at the numbers and don't realize how important those kind of guys uh, like a Chad Shasky are to every team. You're exactly right. And, and I think that's what makes college sports, you know, so special and, and college hockey. And, um, and I think that's what was so much fun about this year's team was that we, we really had a locker room full of those guys. Um, I honestly think when we did the voting for the, uh, for the Winkler award, which we considered basically the glue guy award, um, nine guys got votes. And so, you know, it just showed the type of character that we had in the room. And, and I think it's why we were able to, no matter what our record was, no matter whether the weekend before went poorly or went really well, we were able to respond and we were able to continue to get better and continue to grow. And, and I think it's just a credit to having guys like Chad and Brian Hawkinson um, in the room, he, even, you know, Jackson Ross as, as a senior, um, you know, he, he committed to, to the game every single day. We just had a, we were very fortunate in terms of the character in our room that, that we think allowed us to, again, set ourselves up for what we hope is, is a, is a big shock the country type of year ahead of us. Okay, let's get to the last three because we got to mention them. Uh, Stanley Cooley gets the uh, top freshman award. Uh, Nicholas Andrews gets the Dave Peterson award for the most improved player. And uh, Logan Will gets the Tony uh, Frasca award, right? That's right. Uh, for the highest degree of leadership, which tells you something right there. But 
Talk about those three briefly, if you could. Yeah, so the Frasco Award was voted on by the coaches. Um, and for us, it was uh, every – so we have – our acronym is TIGER, um, you know, and what those letters mean uh, is kind of how we want to attack each day. And so Logan Will was a guy that, you know, does everything the right way. Um, and, I mean, you know, big-time student, well-prepared, works his butt off in the weight room, uh, works his butt off on the ice, whether it's skill sessions, PK – uh, you know, scoring drills, you name it, uh, takes incredible care of his body, his diet, all of it. Uh, and a good example um, of it is, you know, we lost to, to North Dakota. Uh, we drove that night or sorry, we drove the next morning uh, to Minneapolis, stayed in Minneapolis. And then we were flying out Monday morning. We had to book it that way because we weren't sure if we were going to be playing Sunday. Um, and so Sunday afternoon, evening, I was flying um, out to go somewhere else. And I walked by the, the hotel gym and he was on the bike in the hotel gym. Um, you know, less than 24 hours after, uh, our season was ended, he was already back in taking care of his body, doing the little things. So, uh, you know, I can't speak enough or say enough about Logan will and his commitment to being a, a true, you know, student athlete and a 24 seven athlete. Um, it, it's impressive to watch. Uh, in terms of Stanley Cooley, you know, he was a guy that we committed in June, um, maybe even July, uh, got pushed out from Northeastern and, uh, we were excited about it. Uh, he's a, he's a no nonsense, you know, shows up to the rink every day and just goes to work, uh, plays hard, plays committed, really exemplifies the identity that we're trying to create. Uh, you know, and, and we touched on earlier in this episode, where he was a higher point per game this year in the NCHC than he was last year in the USHL. And by the end of it, you know, him and Logan Will were our one-two centermen, and it depended on a given night on who got more ice time, but uh, really took a great, great strides and, and was a, a guy that we relied on a lot um, in terms of our identity and, and then in playing in the big moments. And, and we gave him a lot of those opportunities. We didn't, we didn't hide him. We didn't shy away from any matchups, anything like that. Um, you know, we thought he just did an incredible job of, of handling those moments. So we're really excited for his future. And then Nikki Andrews, you know, Nikki Andrews didn't have a great start to the year. Um, you know, I, I remember he wasn't in the lineup. I don't think he played the first game. Um, you know, he was probably the first four weekends, he probably played half the games and, you know, we were just asking him to, to commit to play in a certain way and, um, and really getting outside of his comfort zone in terms of what he did, uh, how he defended offensively. He was always willing to jump and, and wants to be a part of it. Uh, but defensively he, he played a little bit more passive, uh, stayed inside the dots, just protected, you know, the areas and, and we wanted him to, to use his feet in, in skating and, and angles and, and take away time and space a little quicker, a little more aggressively. And, and it took him a little while to catch up. But once he caught on, you know, he, he just kept growing and growing. He earned more ice and, and ultimately, you know, was on a power play and uh, was great on the power play. So he, he can shoot a puck. He's, he's got a very good offensive mind, good deception from the blue line. And so, you know, I'm not quite sure really if their most improved in the player's mind was from last year to this year or from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, but I think it fits either way. Um, you know, a guy that went from 
beginning of the year in and out of the lineup to um, establishing himself and, and, you know, putting up pretty good numbers. Um, I don't know the exact, it might've been 15 or 16 points. Um, but it was, it was a really fun year to watch and, and watch as he got more and more comfortable in what we were asking, how he was able to grow and, and build. And, you know, you look at those guys and it, up and down the lineup. I mean, um, you know, McCown goes from six points to 21 and Tyler Coffey goes from zero goals to 10 goals. And all these guys, we had so many guys that just, you know, again, not going to blow your mind or, or make your eyes bug out when you see the numbers. But when you compare them to what they either had done in their careers prior to this, whether it was junior or not, or to what they did, you know, last year here at CC, um, there's a lot to be excited about. Okay, so you go into the job last summer, and I don't know um, when you start to recruit at that point, it's still kind of an, an unknown entity, so to speak, because you know the, the building hadn't really been opened yet. No one has had a chance to see it. Um, you're coming in as – as, as a first-year head coach, and, and you're kind of – I would assume that your recruiting base has to change a little bit, so that probably took a little bit getting used to, okay? Um, so now, uh, do you have to make that second and third phone call, so to speak, to, when, when you call up and say, hey, this is, uh, this is Colorado College. Uh, we'd like to talk to you about coming here. Um, does it take that second and third phone call or, or people, does it have people's attention right away now? Yeah, we're, we're in the phone, con we're in the conversation, I think right away. Um, we have a little bit more, like I said, we, I think we've done a great job building momentum, um, throughout the year and, and credit to Pete Menino and, and Mark Stewart for that. They've, uh, you know, they, they worked really hard on the recruiting trail this year, um, and being out, being visible, kind of rebranding CC, telling our story, working on getting kids to campus, families to campus. Um, you know, I think one of the big things that was unfortunate was as you're building in a, an arena, momentum generally grows with it, right? And you can fly guys out a year before it's done and show them what it's going to be. Um, and, you know, the other staff, the prior staff just didn't have that ability because of COVID. Right. So we couldn't bring guys out. People weren't coming to campus. They weren't able to see what was happening. They weren't able to see, you know, the building and the the, the quality and the magnitude that it was going to have. You know, it's the biggest building on our campus. Right. And so it really is, you know, um, you look at CC and, and you look at the campus and it's gorgeous. It's right. At, you know, you, you have gorgeous views of Pikes Peak and the mountains. But then you look and you have this brand new $70 million building that's the biggest one on campus. And it just speaks to the commitment of the, of the school and the administration. Um, and so it really is, I, and this is full, uh, full honesty, the, the only place we really are having a little bit of trouble is, is in the transfer portal in terms of, um, you know, I, I think especially the guys that have maybe one year left, right? right. Um, they say, hey, Listen, we see what you got going. I think it's going to be great. You know, I only have one year left. I'm not quite sure it's for me yet. Um, okay. Freshmen are the opposite, 
right? Uh, right. Out on the recruiting trail uh, in juniors, in Minnesota, in uh, wherever you want to put us, I, we have great momentum. Um, people are like, oh, I see the vision. I see what's happening. You know, this is this thing's going to be awesome, you know, um, and they want to buy into that, which is which is exciting. Um, and so some some, um, you know, I, I think it I think it depends. I think a lot a little bit of uh, when you have one or two years left, you want to see a track record a little bit more right. um, before you take that that leap of faith uh, where, you know, the recruiting trail in the USHL, um, stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, we're really, really excited. Uh, those guys we're in, we're in the conversation with, uh, with pretty much anybody. It doesn't mean that we're getting them. Uh, but some of the programs that we've been able to, you know, it comes down to us in program X, uh, we've won a lot of them and, you know, we believe that those are the battles we have to win. Um, you know, are we going to beat Michigan, uh, North Dakota, uh, Boston University right now, Minnesota? No. Will we ever beat them? I don't know. Um, but, you know, we'll survive without beating those schools. It's, it's the ones that are more of our comparables that we think we've had really good success um, and, and really excited about some of the players we've been able to, uh, to get commitments from. Well, now we get a public list and, and it doesn't always match up to who's coming in. But the, the public list that we have access to, uh, I, I noticed two things. First of all, every school seems to have more kids, quote unquote, publicly at one point verbally committed than actually uh, go because between the whole portal and fifth year and extra year and COVID and the whole routine. Uh, so, A, uh, the one thing is, is how many guys do you actually have at this point coming in? for next year. And the other thing I noticed on that same public list um, is uh, not necessarily next, you know, the 2020, the 22-23 season, at least for now. But, and I know you can't necessarily say anything about the guys after that, but the public list for the year after that's got a lot of Colorado kids on it. Um, That's got to be more than encouraging, No. Yeah, I, I think we're excited about, um, you know, what we've been able to add here locally. Uh, you know, there's a couple kids, like you said, on the list that um, have done a, you know, have great track records. Uh, we think are, are going to be uh, big time Tigers and, and help uh, help make CC, uh, you know, uh, um, allow us to compete uh, with, with DU for in-state guys. I, I think we have guys that are going to come in and have great careers, and that always allows you to go to the next guy um, and kind of tell your story, and, and it's easy to connect. Um, so we're really excited about those guys. Uh, and, you know, it does work out that way, and especially with us. Part of it is, you know, taking over for a program. You have some guys on that list that were committed to the prior staff, um, you know, some will keep some, some won't make it, whether it's, Hey, they, they want to go somewhere else because they want a staff that, um, believes in them and recruited them. Um, you know, and some, it's just a different vision for, for how we're trying to build it. And so, you know, guys that maybe fit the prior regimes, uh, system and vision don't quite fit ours. So there's always going to be a little bit turnover on the commit list that way as well. Um, but I think, you know, we're, We've done a 
we're we're excited. You look at you know the guys that we have committed, the the impact that they've been able to have in the USHL. Um, you know, a guy like Brett Link leads Fargo in scoring. Uh, Ryan, uh, well, I can't speak on that one because he's not signed. Um, and Berko is top five in, in all of the goalie stats in the USHL. Uh, you know, Gleb Remyev is a big 6'4 winger that plays on the edge and, and is really tough and has like, you know, he's kind of got an intimidating uh, mentality and style of play to him and a great athlete. Uh, Kate Arnholtz, you know, is, has, uh, is a double-digit goal scorer as a 6'3 winger. Uh, that we're really excited about. Uh, Noah Serdakny's had a great, you know, great two years in the BCHL. Uh, and he's, you know, two points a game in the playoffs right now up there. Uh, and then Ethan Stracky on, on D. And, and we didn't, you know, he didn't have the year that we all hoped and, and certainly that he hoped he would have. Uh, battled injury right from the start, right before the very first game uh, or the showcase going to Pittsburgh. He took a shot and and he ended up breaking uh, something in his ankle, but it got misdiagnosed and he played with it for about a month and a half before they got a second opinion and um, and found out that it was actually broken and he needed time off. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the year that he wanted, but we're still really excited uh, about the athlete that he is and, and the upside that he brings. So. I think one of the things we've really uh, been able to add is is everybody that we're bringing in, we think has the ability to, uh, we up the athleticism, our skating ability, uh, our hockey sense, I think in all of them is, is good. And then they all have a really good compete level, um, you know, which we think fits, you know, what we're trying to build and, and who we're trying to be here at CC. Uh, you got some size too. I mean, yeah, we do. guys that are yeah. already – at that college size before they even get there. And some guys that um, shouldn't be too hard to get them that much bigger. No, exactly. I, I think, you know, and, and it's not that we sit there and say, you know, we want to be big and, and we understand what the game is now. Um, you know, hockey sense rules. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. That's, that's what we're all looking for. You know, we, we think we're fortunate that we got guys uh, that have that in, and like you said, we, we've been able to up our, our size, especially down the middle. Um, you know, Sir Noah Serdakny is now at six, two, uh, you know, we got another kid, uh, that I can't speak on, uh, just yet that, that is six, two. Um, and then, like we said, Gleb is six, four, Kate is six, three. Uh, and again, it's not like we're sitting there, you know, thinking that it's, you know, the 1980s or anything like that, but, um, but we got some big boys in our league, you know, um, yeah. and we got some big teams in our league and uh, we want to be able, you know, we want to play big boy hockey and we want to compete in that way. And we want to have a presence when we step on the ice. That's for sure. Coach, oh, listen, and, and, teach that. Yeah. Hold on. That's right. No, they show Paul, up that way. Sometimes it's the guys you can get off the bus with, you know, yep. <laughs> Paul gets excited about that 1980s talk. Cause he thinks right back to the gold medal. Uh, but, well, I got but, four cups too. Don't forget those. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Coach, we could, uh, we could go on forever, but I want to get a couple more things in before we let you go. Uh, first of all, congratulations on being back on uh, a team USA for the world juniors. It's going to be strange. I'm sure. Uh, doing it in August instead of uh, December, but congratulations on that. Uh, I'll let you speak on that in just a minute. And then the other thing is Paul and I both joke because um, Arizona State's so excited about uh, their new building 
that they announced their their whole schedule <laughs> before the season was barely over with. So uh, the league schedule's out for NCHC. I know your uh, regular non-conference schedule will come out uh, before too long, I'm sure. But um, first of all, talk a little bit about the, the opportunity to get back to the World Juniors and uh, the odd timing of it. And then if you could, just a little bit about your league schedule. Yeah, you know, USA, it, it never gets old. And um you know, and and for me personally, to to go back with a with a staff that you love working with, you love coaching with, um, you love competing with, uh, is is always special. You know, myself, Nate Lehman, Steve Miller, Ted Donato, Teresa Feaster. Uh, you know, these are these are people that you know I really truly love, and and you don't know how many opportunities you get to to do it uh, with them uh, moving forward, and. And so to put on top of that, they, that it's USA and what I think is the best tournament in the world uh, is, is hard to beat. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what the summer looks like in that way. Uh, I think it's, it's a tall order uh, for the players. I think for the coaches, it, it'll be same old. Um, you know, but to think that these players now have to end a year uh, whenever it is, because you envision that some guys in the USHL might actually be on that team that plays just by, you know, whether Mag Beneers is available or Jake Sanderson or or whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to ask them to be in world class shape on August 8th, um, you know, in how that how that changes their summer routine, how that changes their workout regimen, uh, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, can't wait to get going. It, it will be different, uh, not only the summer, um, you know, but it'll be uh, it'll be leaving home uh, for a month in the summer. Uh, so we'll see. It'll it'll be a new type of challenge, but one that uh, I think for our staff uh, and for me personally, we're we're really excited for uh, and can't wait to for the opportunity to, to wear the colors and and chase another gold medal. Keep it in August. <laughs> <laughs> the fans' perspective. Keep it in August. That gives us extra hockey. It means I can focus on all those games and don't have to try and split it up with everything else. I know, I know. But, like, what do you do with the athletes? What, how They're do, in shape how... all the time anyway, Coach. They don't they I like know. the old days. I, it's true. It is It is nothing close to the old days. Um, but they're in, they go so hard, so long, so consistently um, that usually it's the month of August that they kind of – uh, exhale uh, for once and and allow themselves their bodies to regenerate a little bit before the grind of September 1st or the end of August now uh, now they're running right into it but um, but nonetheless uh, obviously can't wait and wh- I, I will say once I'm no longer on staff I'll probably agree with you 100% keep it in <laughs> August <laughs> love it all right give us a little uh thumbnail about what you saw when the league schedule came out you happy with what you see i know you don't have a choice you got to play that what's in front of you but you like the way it lays out yeah I, I do um you know and and we have this cycle where uh one team every year doesn't come to your building and you don't go to another team's building um in a given year and uh this year coming up we don't have miami coming and we don't go to north dakota um you know but we we hit everybody else and um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, the one thing I've grown to love about this league 
And, you know, when you come into it, the, the questions are, oh, it's a, it's a gauntlet, it's a grind, it's a bear and all those things. And yeah, there's a lot of good hockey teams. Um, but to me, what I found was that was, that was exciting, you know, and, and I, I, you know, it, it doesn't seem like that's how some people take it. Some people think, oh, it's daunting to me. Yeah, you can, you know, do you want to get wins? Um, of course. Uh, will you take them any way you can get them? Yeah, of course. Uh, but I remember, you know, being in other leagues and you had to talk yourself into being excited to play a game. You know, it was like, oh, let's just get through this game. Um, because the, um, you know, whether it was there were no fans in the stands or, you know, the team was just wasn't very competitive. Um, it, it And like, those weren't fun to play in. And, you know, what I really liked about the NCHC is every game, every building you go to, um, every team is good and, and is, is, it's a big time event, you know, um, you know, whether it's at Miami or, or at CC or, you know, you're going to Duluth, like it's the thing to do. North Dakota, you know, people talk about, Oh, it's North Dakota. Like, yeah, it's a great venue, but like, would you rather play there or at a, a rink that looks like a community rink that no one comes to? And so for me, I just, I, I really enjoyed um, how big time uh, this league is uh, and how big time each production is and each arena is. Uh, and so the only thing I have for, you know, our league schedule this upcoming year is I'm disappointed we don't go to North Dakota. Um, I, I enjoyed playing there. Um, I like that it's a big deal. That's what we sign up for. That's the whole point of this thing. Uh, so not going there is, is a little disappointing for me. Well, one, one leak for sure in your non-conference is I'm going to see you play in Tempe this year. Um, <laughs> you looking forward to playing in that new building? I look forward to it. Yes. Um, it's, you know, I, I love their staff. I, I think Greg does a great job down there. Uh, and you know, I, I trust that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a big time venue. So look forward to getting there and, and seeing it and, and being a part of their first year in it. Well, we look forward to, uh, to seeing you play again. I've already been putting my schedule together, so I'll see a whole bunch of tiger hockey. Um, two things, Paul, you know that uh, I've got my black and gold tiger hockey shirt on. I know. I've got my tiger cap on. I'm shaking the pom poms. Uh, coach, um, I'm, I'm only 60. So if I can sign that letter of intent, I won't turn 61 till February. So, uh, I'm ready. If you still got one spot, I'll check with compliance. I don't know if there's a, <laughs> we might, we might have a couple hurdles, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, I don't I'm, think I'm good at hurdles to too, in, coach. coach. I, <laughs> I trust that. To get in. <laughs> I, I, of course you do. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Coach Maya, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on that 10-day-old. Do we have a name yet that you can throw out there? Or you keep yes. Uh, no, his name is, is Locke. L-O-C-K-E. Oh, awesome. I yeah, so the it. story, I my first year at Cornell, we coached a kid named Locke Jelson. Um, and my wife and I, uh, she was, well, the beginning of the year, she was the girlfriend. Halfway through the year, she was the fiance. Right. Um, and so we loved the name then and really haven't heard it since and kind of valued 
um, valued that it's unique uh, yeah. and valued that you can't call them anything else. So, um, you know, like my name is Christopher. A lot of people call me Chris. It's ultimately that's what's on, you know, that's what's on the websites. I'm okay with Chris. I prefer Christopher, but it is what it is. Oh, that's good to know now. Tell us earlier, coach. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's on, it's on the CC website for crying out loud. So, um, so I'm, it, 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 that's what it's kind of turned into. That's, that's how I'm, I'm known, um, you know, in the profession. So I'm okay with it. Uh, but I think we valued, um, you know, uh, like if we were going to name him Matthew, we only want him to be called Matthew. We didn't want, you know, it to be mad or, or have those options. So, uh, we, we decided on a name that you really don't have much, much saying. <laughs> Love it. That's great. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll I'll close it on this one. Our oldest son is named Stefan, and uh, he was named after uh, a really good uh, uh, professional player that uh, died uh, dramatically um, back uh, 20, 25 years ago now. Um, but anyway, he gets he gets it all the time because they can never get Stefan. They always get Stephanie out of it, even though mm. there's no IE. It's just Stefan. So, all yeah. right. Awesome. Thanks for spending some time with us Thanks again. And, and uh, you're welcome. Anytime when you get closer to the world juniors, we're going to, uh, we're going to plug you again, if that's okay. No, I, I look forward to it. Um, always great talking to you guys. Um, I'm happy to hear that you're expanding. That That's great. It's great to, you know, to highlight everything that we got going on in the West in terms of college hockey. Uh, Lindenwood is a great addition. Uh, the Alaskas. And, and I, I think, uh, you know, I think Augustana is going to hit a home run with their hire here real soon. So um, congrats on the expansion and uh, happy Easter. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. Thank bro. you. That's Coach Christopher Mayotte. From now on, man, <laughs> it's going to be Christopher Mayotte. Now that we know what he prefers. We're so. good with Chris. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Have a good night. Uh, yeah, we always love having the coach of Colorado College. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and wrap up another episode of the new College Hockey West live uh, podcast. We'll be back in about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Alright, still got it Still got it Who's old now? any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates 
officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. All right, welcome back in to the new College Hockey West Live. Same spot, same uh, time, but new name because we expanded, added three new teams, and we decided it's time to start calling us College Hockey West. And, of course, all of our podcasts are live. Scott Strandy with you in Centennial, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. And, Paul, it just doesn't ever get boring or old with Coach Christopher Mayotte from Colorado College. Well, here's where we're lucky. You know, we've had some coaches on now half dozen times, dozen times. You know, it helps us to be more comfortable with with them and helps us ask better questions. They're more comfortable with us, so we get better answers and more in-depth answers, maybe answers they wouldn't get you wouldn't get from somebody, you know, somewhere else. So that's the great thing. And, you know, we've been very fortunate uh, that uh, Coach Mayotte has been very giving with his time for us, and especially with a 10-day-old at home. And Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just <laughs> makes – it makes going down there, Paul, during the season. I know you can't get here uh, like I can, but it, it's always a pleasure – to go to Colorado college because they are uh, win or lose. You know, you know, my respect for losing. If, uh, if, if a team loses, I, I leave them alone. Uh, I don't see any value in that. Um, give them some time, get over it. And then, uh, and then talk to them later. But uh, I, I always love going to Colorado college, not only for the building, but the people there are so good and so nice. So it's a thrill to have him on. It, it's good to hear that he's not going to Florida. <laughs> well, <laughs> smart yeah. decision right there, coach. Yeah. Well, listen, that's probably the best coaching decision he made all year. Um, and and might've been the easiest one too. Well, yeah. I mean, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, you know, we're, we're teasing him a little bit, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, you, you only get this once, right? You want to get 
it's um, it's it's an experience that you you don't want to miss out on. Even though sometimes you're like, oh my god, what what am I doing? How how did we get here? But I mean, uh, you know, especially if you don't have any experience, because no matter what, you know, you you can tell yourself you're ready. You're never ready. Well, and guess what? It's uh, it's mid-April right now, and he's got to go the first of August or earlier oh. <laughs> to to get ready for, uh, oh. for for World Juniors this year, which is, it, it, as he mentioned, and we both mentioned, it's uh, it's going to be strange, but uh, it'll be nice to have it and get it played and give those guys that were supposed to play a full tournament, give them the opportunity if that's what they choose. I'm sure there's going to be some players that choose not to, but yeah, I'm sure who there knows? Will be. Uh, we'll see what happens. So It'll be um, interesting. I wish we had more time to go into all the uh, the players that have gone and made impacts um, from here, but uh, I certainly got to mention Bobby Brink. I mean, I, can you imagine uh, Bobby's whirlwind for the last week? Um, no, let's see. Last Tuesday, they flew to, uh, to Boston. They were there Tuesday, Wednesday. He played in the national semifinals on Thursday. Friday, they had an off day. Saturday, he or Friday, he was at the Hobie Baker award ceremony. Saturday, he played in the national championship game. Sunday morning, he woke up and in Boston and he signed his contract and immediately went to Philadelphia. Monday morning, he, he uh, practiced for Philadelphia and met the media. Tuesday, he made his debut. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I hope Cole Gutman's taking good care of his stuff because he hasn't had time to get back to Colorado to do much since they left for the uh, Frozen Four. Well, listen, I mean, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's what he signed up for, though. He would t- he, he won't he won't ch- he wouldn't change a thing, I'm sure. Nope, and you can see it on the smile on his face. Um, he every shift, I'm sure he's uh, enjoying every second of it. Uh, we also need to shout out again, congratulations to the Denver Pioneers. They have made their rounds, spent a whole week, I think, going everywhere that they could go, and good for them, man. I mean, this, a university the size of uh, the University of Denver, and to be able to have those guys uh, tote that uh, NCAA championship trophy around and um, and just be welcomed by the community. Here in, in Colorado, it's been really something else. I mean, everybody has just been talking about pioneer hockey and what it's taken to accomplish nine national championships well you know you still got to sit there and 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 you know talk you know you can you know you gotta get rid of that quote um hangover from the one you have so um but you know we're sitting here and and um you know it's that you know you want to savor it you want to say i'm sure the players are still savoring it for a while maybe uh, it's been too much of a whirlwind for brink but for the most part most of those guys right now are you know just now getting into that starting to get back into that zone of getting ready for next year you know um yeah and speaking of next year paul that that roster (laughs) has not lost many won't lose many and we'll bring in a new crop um, of freshmen that will learn the pioneer way very, very quickly. And boy, if they don't start off as the number one team in the country, I don't know who is because uh, what they have and what they're bringing early. back. 
I know. I know, but I'm just telling you what I see on paper right now. Uh, it's we got a lot of off season to go. There are three schools that don't three flagship kind of schools that don't have coaches. There might be a fourth. Yeah, uh, and we're talking mid April. You got to build this thing quickly. You know, um, you know the the rumor has as uh, as Coach Mayotte said that Augustana could be naming their their head coach for the twenty three twenty four season very very soon. They're going to get on top of things and they're going to enter the uh, uh, just... college hockey scene like uh, the Vegas Golden Knights entered the NHL. Let's get okay, calm down. They are. They are planning. They're not going to a frozen four in their first year. Let's get calm. Down. That's what they said about the Vegas Golden Knights too. Calm down. Food That's tax. what they said about the Vegas Golden Knights too. Yeah, yeah, what did history yeah. say though? History, history said that they went that, there. History says that they made an appearance in the once in a in the Stanley Cup a, final. Whatever. I understand <laughs> that, but that is the except. That is the true exception. That is not the rule. Well, anyway, I'm not going to take anything away from Augustana, and I don't blame them to go out and get their coach early and, uh, and start, start building recruiting. that program. I know, but you just mentioned four teams that don't have coaches, and that's well, for this coming season. I know that. but that's... So you you need to get your coach early so you can get out and recruit, and he's going to have a year, the... a year before he needs to play. That's part of the coach merry-go-round that happens all the time, and but usually it's not BU and BC and – and Michigan State, and uh, we still haven't heard whether or not Mel Pearson will be back at Michigan because he hasn't signed an extension, and they haven't said anything one way or the other. I mean, that's nuts, and um, you know, and and, and yeah, you're know, making my point for me. Get your coach a year early. Well, Let him start. get settled in to. and start recruiting. Well, St. Thomas had to do the same thing with Rico Blasi. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I'd rather have a year to to build my team. I'd rather have a year to build my team before I had to get him on the ice than three months. Way to go, Captain Obvious. Yeah, he's going to have a slightly different job than than Rick Zombo at Lindenwood. But that's not Rick's fault. (laughs) Yeah, But they're starting to get guys from the portal, which we expected. Yeah, we got lots to talk about, but we got more shows for that. So we'll say goodnight on this show, and uh, and then we'll uh, get ready for another one on Tuesday night. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the masks, College Hockey West, live on the IceTimeHockeySW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, See our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at the restaurant, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Curry Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World Hotel, Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. 
Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice, strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IceTimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say a big thank you to the head coach from Colorado College, Chris Mayot, for joining us. Uh, I would say Christopher, but he, he sounded like he wanted me to keep it Chris now, so that's what we're going to be. Um, coach Mayot, it's, easier. It, it's great to be able to uh, start the reviews because once the reviews are done, then guess what, Paul? It becomes the previews. So uh, let's get through our uh, our teams. Let's find out all about them and, and what they thought of last season, just like what Coach Mayas told us tonight about the Colorado College Tigers. And then we will look forward to a summer full of previewing what it's going to look like when they hit the ice in uh, September and October. Well, previews and, and all sorts of fun, sort of imaginative conversations. <laughs> yeah, beyond beyond imaginative. All right, we'll good say good night, night. little Roger Clark, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.